You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Back on board, and it is a pleasure once again today to talk about the Wild and a 3-0 week up there in Canada. Very cool. Yep, I had the Wild going 2-1 this week. I thought maybe they'd beat Edmonton, beat Toronto, and then lose at home in a trap game. Well, it looked like the possibility of that could have happened, but luckily the Wild escape with a couple of extra period, extra extra time victories, we'll say, because they're a little bit different in each case, in Edmonton and back in XL Energy Center. Uh, very cool. Now, of course, the Wild go to Canada, go 2-0, and and then come back and then finish 3-0 and against Edmonton, Toronto, and Edmonton. Very exciting indeed for those of us here in the Twin Cities cheering on this club, and of course all of you in the across the Great Divide in Australia. I want to give a shout out to Daniel Allen. Where are you, buddy? Where are you? I miss you on the Facebook page, which is very, very nice to have interacting on there. Um, but <clears throat> here we are. Nice positive week for the Wild. Devin Dubnik started every game and was just absolutely fantastic. Never gave up three goals in a single game this week. Two to one victory over the Edmonton Oilers. Just spectacular. Over there in Rogers Place, used to be Rexall, but <laughs> it's Rogers Place now. Charlie Coyle scoring his ninth goal of the year on that top line. Those guys continue to do a good job together. Nino Niederreiter on moving up to the uh, <laughs> doing up to the top line because Zach Rizzi moved down to the third line. Yeah, Bruce Boudreaux not been happy with Zach Rizzi of late. In uh, the press conference, he was talking about how Zach pretty much looked sluggish out there. Not sure if he's hurt or what the deal is, but just he's, he he looks sluggish in his skating. And Parisi in basically in both Canadian games here, up in Canada that is, Parisi moved down to the third line. Strange, strange, but it is what it is. Uh, the Wild end up skating to its one-one tie for the longest time. Both goals scored in the first period. Edmonton scoring first in both games that the Wild played each other very early. Patrick Maroon. Uh, scores his eighth goal of the season. Again, Coyle is ninth, which leads the Wild on that top line. Again, Niederreiter moving up there, trading places with Parisi. Niederreiter's moved all over the place, but so has everybody. Uh, it's kind of good, though. Uh, it's kind of good to see Hebel move around, I suppose. And Parisi's been playing like a third liner the past several weeks. I mean, you've seen nothing from the guy, and it's disappointing. It's sad. He's not as quick as he was before. You don't see the you don't see the aggressiveness. You see more of almost like a Thomas Vanek approach. 
just uh, maybe a gritty Vanek, a gritty version of Thomas Vanek out there. You're not seeing the same Zach Parisi we've known in the past. Is the back still ailing him? The ankle that he injured before, uh, this week there, this this year, and plus he's he, he's had pucks come off his foot like a thousand times. He's had broken bones in his foot from that in the past. I don't know. Is it all catching up to him, or is he just kind of still getting back together? Of course, he had strep throat that slowed him down as well earlier in the season, being quite sick. I don't know what's going on with Zach Parisi, and I, I'm not the only one wondering. Uh, he says he's completely healthy, but doesn't look like the same guy out there. The Wild basically skating to ties, or basically kind of grinding it out in the second and third period with Edmonton. You'd think this would be a higher scoring game, but the Wild really, really putting down the clamps on Connor McDavid. Absolutely spectacular. The guy got a few shots on goal, sure, but Kevin Dubnik was there to shut him down. Generally speaking, though, Mika Koivu and others doing a phenomenal job on Connor McDavid in these in both of these games, and this one definitely not an exception. Uh, the fourth line making another change here was Bruce Boudreau and uh, Chuck Fletcher bringing up Curtis Gabriel. The others, like the Zach Mitchells and the Burskis that have come up, basically did nothing and really didn't serve much of a purpose. It looks like the fourth line now really does serve a purpose, and they look great together. Curtis Gabriel, uh, of course, Chris Stewart, and... Uh, Grayavok, Tyler Grayavok, still centering that line. Certainly bring the physicality, and, and, and there is scoring ability from uh, all of these guys. Bursky, you know, he's a small guy who doesn't score. Okay, so what was the point of having him up, up here on the fourth line? Just just no point, right? You think a fourth line is more physical, or maybe it's a young guy who can score. Just something, like a, <laughs> like a Erickson Eck. Maybe like a Polkinen, somebody like that. Just uh, nothing going, though. Um... Curtis Gabriel, or Gabriel, I keep calling him Gabriel, I don't know why. Curtis Gabriel, very physical, a draft pick a few years ago, of course. Definitely a more of the big shot, kind of bottom six type of guy. Basically out there to provide physicality, but he also capable of making a nice pass as well. We'll talk about that later. As both of them went home to their uh, to Toronto, Ontario, him and Chris Stewart connecting. I'm getting ahead of myself with that one. But the fourth line, really, uh, really solid this whole week. And they're definitely deserving of of uh, conversation when we talk about the Mike Rodano Award. That whole unit, uh, literally, fourth line, doing a great job together. Uh, Nate Prosser still active and playing because Christian Foline's been out for weeks now with the knee injury. The whole collision with, uh, like, trying to avoid the collision with... Sidney Crosby a couple of weeks ago in that blowout win with uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was kind of like a like a Matt Cook situation, the two knees type of situation, and it sucks. Uh, Christian Foline certainly missed in a huge way. Uh, he he doesn't score a lot, but my God, his defense is so good, and it allows Mister Jonas Brodeen to step up more and to be more of an offensive player because Jonas Brodeen has been leading the defenseman in scoring other than Ryan Suter, who, of course, is one of the leading scorers on the team. But other than Suter, he's the leading scorer of the defense. It's pretty pretty crazy when you think about that. That's what happens when you put him with somebody he can trust defensively rather than Matt Dumba, who's not good defensively, and he hasn't really been scoring either, though, luckily. <laughs> luckily, last night against Edmonton, things, uh, things improved a bit. Uh, the Wild have to go to overtime against the Oilers. There are multiple shot attempts, of course, late in the game, but neither team could get the job done. Ed- Edmonton only mustering four shots on goal, though the Wild really putting the clamps down, and Dubnik stopping everything coming his way after that early goal. Then they go to overtime, and luckily Miko Koivu, again, another one-timer. This one from Charlie Coyle. 
another one-time shot, and it was a beauty. Um, <laughs> and it always is. He's gotten really good at that. Just, just kind of gets gets close enough to the net. He's open enough for the, that split second. A nice centering pass from behind the net, and Koivu finishes again. Gotta love it. Uh, Koivu's done that like three... His last three goals have been that way. Most of them from Zucker. This case from Coyle, because in overtime it's a completely different setup. Uh, it's actually a very tiring setup too, I suppose, for these guys. But it works, and the Wild get their second overtime win of the year. They actually win in overtime earlier in the year. It was Matt Dumba scoring. This time Matt Dumba assisting. So that's good. Six goal, of the uh, six assists of the year for him. That is good stuff. The Wild escape Edmonton with a victory, and that's great. Uh, Oilers had been playing so good. But they've been dropping off a bit, and the Wild taking advantage of it. But at least the Oilers get a point out of it. Yay. Now that was Sunday, December the 4th. Wednesday, December the 7th, we move into Toronto, Ontario. And this is where the fourth line really stepped up, and they looked fantastic the whole game. Curtis Gabriel got in a fight in the Edmonton game. He gets in another fight in Toronto. And I know there's more to there's more to hockey than fighting, but uh, Gabriel does bring that, and there's more to Gabriel than that as well. But first, Jason Zucker. Another spectacular pass from Mikhail Granlund. I mean, the the chemistry on the second line has been awesome. Koivu, of course, centering it. And then you have Granlund at right wing, Zucker at left. Another just beautiful little slide pass over to Zucker, and he finishes it. Fourth goal of the year. Chris Stewart getting his fourth goal of the year to make it 2-0 later in the third period. Spurgeon simply moving the puck to Gabriel. Gabriel with a beautiful forward pass up to Chris Stewart, who finishes. Just wonderful chemistry forming on that fourth line already. Spurgeon obviously helping out, but that's good. You get your best defenseman helping out the fourth line. <laughs> the job gets done. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a it was a nice play. Chris Stewart finishing in his hometown, putting the puck in. Fourth, fourth goal of the year. It's been a while. At least his last two goals, he had one last week against Calgary, so he's had two goals in the past two weeks. The last two were way back in the beginning of the season. But nice to see Gabriel and Stewart really uh, forming some chemistry early on here, and they provide a physical presence that is extremely valuable. Uh, obviously, Tyler Grayevac does the same. He doesn't put up the numbers, but uh, Grayevac with the with the goals and the assists and stuff, at least not yet. But he does a lot of those quote unquote little things: the wall play, moving the puck forward, getting a uh, re- retaining the puck, winning the battles. It's it's been a it's it's been a nice uh, nice find with uh, this fourth line and. I, I couldn't be happier with it. couldn't be happier with it at this stage. Uh, Grayevac, uh won a won, won a decent amount of faceoffs in the game. Hollow was good in his or was not good in his actually. Koivu was decent, not too good. <laughs> Doesn't really matter though. We don't need to jump on faceoffs all the time. Usually Koivu is good, but the Wild in general were not too good in the faceoffs in this game per se. But it was a fun night in terms of at least the Wilder were able to get an early lead and hang on, kind of. And yeah, yeah, no, they hung on to the win. They they hung on to the lead. Uh, ben Smith, only two minutes after Chris Stewart, getting us a little bit worried, getting his second goal of the year. And then Tyler Bozak, after a mistake, making it 3-2. to two. Of course, Eric Stahl finishing on a nice pass from Coyle. Once again, sixth goal of the year for Eric Stahl. He's much more of an assist guy than a scorer at this stage, but it was a good play putting the Wild up 3-1 to one at that point. And then, again, Dubnik putting the clamps down, and the Wild in general putting the clamps down on Toronto. And you never even noticed you never even noticed Austin Matthews in this game. You hardly did. Now, he got shots on goal, okay. But they weren't like, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a dangerous situation, and Devin Dubnik shut everything down that he needed to. 
The Wild obviously faced a ton of shots in this game. It was more Dubnik than the defense, I'd have to say. But still, still, they weren't like huge mistakes. They weren't huge issues. They got the puck out of the zone and they needed to. Thank God. And But Dubnik, again, most valuable player in this game, I gotta say. He was unbelievable. 35 saves out of 37 shots on goal from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nice win for the Wild. You go 2-0 and on that little Canadian road trip. Awesome. You come home, you figure it's a trap game against the Oilers. Last night, Friday, December the 9th, Edmonton scoring early again, and you get worried, but luckily the Wild shut down Connor McDavid again. That's nice. Uh, Leon Dreslady scoring his 13th goal of the year for a pretty high-scoring Edmonton team. We're very fortunate that the Wild were able to keep Edmonton to only three goals in two games. Really, really awesome job by Devin Dubnik and, of course, the Wild defense, the fourth line. But Koivu as well, doing an, under, an unbelievable job. And Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews and the like. Uh, Dumba putting in putting in his third goal of the season, a rifle shot. They credited it to Jonas Brodeen for a second there, and I was like, what? You know, but Dumba, again, rifle shot through the goalie, and there you go, third goal of the year. That's how he scores most of the time. Once in a while, he'll he'll get a nice centering pass, but this one just, again, put the puck on net, and it went past. It was a nice rifle shot, nice right place, right time. Oh, Mikhail Granlund again in that third period. Put the wild, he'll help the Wild get ahead 2-1. to one. Again, another beautiful slide pass to Zucker. I mean, Granlund and Zucker. It's just beautiful. Absolutely awesome. And Zucker's capable of setting up others with that pass as well. Koivu and Granlund, and sometimes Charlie Coyle or whatever the situation is. It's like Zucker's learning from Granlund. And, and, I mean, Granlund's passing is just beautiful. Those centering passes. He he does it several times a game. And when somebody's there, they score. And it, it's, it's a beautiful play. Uh, gotta love that chemistry on the second line. It's nice to see this team starting to gel because you are noticing it. Uh, the Wild did have a scare, though, with less than five minutes remaining. The one guy we hope to get in the offseason and a guy who struggled this year. We were saying how he would be a disappointing trade with how Ryan Nugent Hopkins is performing this year. But I got to think he would probably be uh, higher up. <laughs> He'd be on the top line probably with the Wild. Maybe his scoring would be higher. He's getting only his fifth goal of the year on the power play to tie things up. And you figure, oh, here we go. That figures. The guy we wanted all year, now he scores on us. And here comes Edmonton. Now they're going to probably win it in a shootout or win it right before overtime or in overtime. Something of the like. But no. Devin Dubnik stopped everything coming his way. The rest of the, rest of the, the skating regulation into overtime and such. And then Jason Pominville, as we have to head to the shootout, you're like, oh boy, we always lose these. But Jason Pominville scoring back-to-back uh, shootouts, scoring early on. You saw Cuevo missed again. Parisi, terrible, looked like crap. Uh, Coyle couldn't get it done. Drastilli scoring again for Edmonton to save things, keep things going. Coyle couldn't finish things off. Connor McDavid was drawn into a miss. And then you get Chris Stewart scoring. Eberle scores. And then Eric Stahl, what a beauty. What a nice move. I mean, just classic. Just kind of lulled the goalie to sleep and just wrapped right around him, basically, without literally going behind the net. Just wrapped the puck right around him. (laughs) Just a beautiful play. Uh, Eric Stahl, you haven't really seen him on the shootout, and he's been good on the shootout in his career. This was a sixth shootout goal overall. That's not the highest number, but still, what a nice move. And then Ryan Nugent Hopkins couldn't get it done at all, and that was nice, and the Wild Escape with a shootout victory. Really liked what Eric Stahl was able to do. Parisi sucks in the shootout, doesn't he? Um, he used to be pretty good. Just Parisi in general. Man, uh, Grayevac in the game was awesome. Um, several shots on goal. He should have gotten, <laughs> he should have probably scored, but Cam Talbot was awesome as well. Uh, it was definitely a goalies duo the whole game. The Wild putting much more shots on goal than Edmonton. 
Talbot was much better than the previous goalie a couple nights ago. Uh, Talbot's the main guy for Edmonton. He's been good all season. He's one of the reasons why Edmonton's been so successful. But luckily, the Wild, again, getting the job done. Uh, Charlie Coyle has just really become a stud for this team. He had five blocks in the game. How about that? That's more than even Jared Spurgeon, who leads the team in blocks. Oh, man. <laughs> nice, nice defense by the front line, by the top lines and second line of the Wild. Uh, of course, Tyler Grayvach really uh, had some nice scoring chances. O- only one officially counted as on goal, but there were some legitimate scoring chances there that unfortunately faded away. Oh, man. Uh, Grayvach really providing the energy, though, in the limited time he gets on that fourth line. And again, the physical play, all that. Uh, eventually, he's going to break through, I think. You could just see it coming. Tyler Grayvach, one of these days, he's going to break through. And we're going to all be very, very excited for, with, with what we see. He'll he'll probably remain in the bottom six. I got to think um, he will remain there long term uh, in the bottom six. At best, he'll be a third liner, but he'll be a damn good one one day. Uh, but this fourth line, I say keep these guys together for as long as you can. Uh, it, it's wonderful. Uh, third line, uh, Nino Niederreiter back back home with a with with, a, with another line that's had great chemistry. Obviously, Halla, Pominville, Niederreiter. You're wondering why you'd break that up, but I don't know. I mean, you got to figure things out with Parisi. And Niederreiter seemingly fits well with just about anybody. I mean, he fits well with Koivu. He fits well with uh, Coyle and, and Halla. Or, excuse me, Coyle and Stahl. Uh, so... Really, anywhere in those top three lines, <laughs> in the top three lines, uh, Nino Niederreiter seems to fit in just fine, and he did, again, get another assist, along with Pominville, along the way. That was awesome. That was on the, which, which goal was it? It was, oh, of course, yep, that was, that was with the Matt Dumba play early on. That was with the third line working together with, uh, of course, Dumba on the, <laughs> Dumba and Brodeen. Brodeen, of course, did not uh, get counted the goal because it wasn't, it wasn't him that shot the puck. It was just kind of funny how they did that at first. But luckily, they were able to correct that pretty quickly. And Dumba needs needs goals as much as anyone else at this stage. <laughs> um, can't wait to get Foline back. He's been cleared to play. That's the good news. He's skating again. He's been cleared to play. So hopefully, Foline will return in these uh, will return in the upcoming game here on Sunday. We'll be talking about that in the next segment. Let's pass out the awards for the week. It's going to go to two guys for the Mike Badano Award. Jason Zucker has just been un- unbelievable. Um, he's scored. Time and time again the past couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, he's been, But he's been getting assists. He's been getting goals. Also, Devin Dubnik, though, absolutely deserving of a Mike Madonna award. It's going to be co, of course, because of how well Zucker's been playing. But, um, man. <laughs> uh, Devin Dubnik just shutting the door in Edmonton, Toronto. Uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews getting shots on goal and such. But Dubnik getting the job done, and that's all that matters. At the end of the day, uh, Zucker, well, the point streak ended, but literally the, but the production just always there for uh, Zucker for, the, for, for quite a while there, at least since mid-November or mid to late November. Zucker's definitely been on a streak after, after going for a really big drought, uh, literally from like about Halloween on. Uh, so we'll look at that real quick. Yeah, I mean, Zucker's last point for a while there was October 29th. It went all the way up to November 23rd. He had no points, and I was thinking, man, he has just vanished off the face of the earth. Then November 23rd, all the way up to December 2nd, he had a five-game point streak, and in that time, he had six points. He had a goal and an assist against uh, Vancouver, unfortunately a loss, and then he didn't. He actually didn't score in the Edmonton game. I thought he did the first one, and then, of course, the second one, he did score. Uh, I thought he had an assist in that Edmonton game. Maybe they must have taking it away. Um, but against Toronto and Edmonton, two goals. I mean, how, how could I not give 
the uh, <laughs> how, how could I not give him at least a co uh, Mike Madonna award? I thought he should have got one last week, and that's my fault for that. Uh, Zucker absolutely been strong, and then Dubnik. Uh, ultimately, again, I have to do this. The James Shepard award has got to go to Zach Carizzi. He's vanished off the face of the earth. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done anything in forever. He scored early when he came back from the uh, sickness against Pittsburgh, and really, you haven't heard from him since. He's like he's vanished off the face of the earth. Much to our chagrin. Much to our chagrin in a big way. And now this doesn't go without scoring chances, shots on goal and such, but unfortunately not burying him. Uh, there was a play, I think it was the Edmonton game, the first Edmonton game. He would win one-on-one with the goalie, but he knocked the puck away at the last second just to just to break our hearts. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But again, that's the kind of thing that happens. Um, trying to get the... So yeah, he hasn't scored. Yeah, he had two points in the Pittsburgh game. Two points in the Pittsburgh game. He had the goal and the assist. I remember that. He actually scored against uh, Winnipeg two days before. Yep, I remember now. My bad. But ever since, it's been six a six-game drought for Zach Parise. Hopefully things change up and coming. We really could use that. A six-game drought for Zach Parise. Started strong at the very beginning. It's like he was just dying to get back out there, and he did. Did well, and then whew, haven't, heard, haven't seen anything since. Other than, again, a couple of good scoring chances here and there. That all went for naught, unfortunately. So we'll wrap up this first segment, move into some previews, and we'll check in again with the minor league affiliate and such. Not a whole lot going on this past week with Iowa. It's like they've just stopped scoring. But at least at least they're not giving up too many. So we'll be back right after this. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment, and of course we'll check up the minor league affiliate and talk about some of the other prospects as well. The Wild will host the St. Louis Blues Sunday, December the 11th. Well, do we feel good coming into this one? I sure hope so. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, of course, has been a wild killer in the past. 31 points in 28 games, 13 goals, 18 assists, become winning one of the best players in the NHL. I mean, plain and simple, he's definitely created a lot of separation between himself and other players on the team, really just taking over their most recent game. They beat the Devils on the road 4-1, to one, so the Blues definitely playing very strong of late. Uh, the Wild only trailed them by four points, but of course the Wild only lead Winnipeg and others uh, in the wild card and such by three. So, But, but at least the Wild building a teensy, tiny bit of a cushion now. They're not like basically tied with everybody else. But, of course, Dallas, Nashville, Winnipeg, all breathing down the Wilds' back. But, luckily, the Wilds maintaining their position of third place as a division leader in the Central Division, six points behind the Blackhawks, who lead the way pretty much throughout the Western Conference. Mm. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how things go. The Wild have had a nice history against Jake Allen in the past, but he played he's played very well against the Wild so far this year. He is 14-4 and on the season. Just unbelievable. Goals against average is not that great. 2.4, but save percentage about 91. Strong overall. Just not Mr. Shutout like uh, Devin Dubnik right now. Um, that's why Dubnik's goals against average is so low. Only one shutout on the season for Jake Allen. This is a team we've known for a long time. I don't need to talk about him that much in that sense. You got Peter, you got Paul Stansney, all these guys, Jaden Schwartz, Kevin Shattenkirk, all of them very good, strong players. The Wild at home, I think, helps. 
I think it helps their cause. The Wild do not play well in St. Louis. Like, they'll win there once in a while. I think the Wild's chances of winning at home against St. Louis better than they would be on the road. And I like the momentum this team has been building. They're finally starting to score. I mean, they scored, well, <laughs> they're scoring a little bit. I shouldn't even say that. I mean, yeah, you got three goals against Toronto in regulation. Other than that, you got two goals in regulation both times against Edmonton, luckily. Able to get victory out of both of them. Actually, it was only one goal in regulation the first time around in Edmonton. Crazy how that turned out. Um, man, just grinded out hockey there. Uh, you'll probably see more of the same against St. Louis. Again, Tarasenko, don't be surprised to see him score. Most likely guy for the Wild to score against St. Louis. Dare I say, what, if Christian Foling is back, I'm going to go with Brodeen. Dare I say that? I think Brodeen's going to going to break the uh, going to break things. <sighs> Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Zach Parisi. Zach Parisi is going to end his drought against the St. Louis Blues. Zach Parisi will end his drought against the Blues. That'll be that'll be good to see. He's, he has done well against the Blues in the past. That's obvious. He was one of the best players in that series a couple years ago now. Seems like 100 years ago, but then again, at the same time, it seems so recent. <laughs> in a way, that was a nice series victory for the Wild. We felt so good. I mean, you didn't have to go to a seventh game. We actually won a series comfortably in six. That was awesome for closing him out at home. We didn't have to go on the road and hope for the best. That was really cool. Uh, Parisi, man, yep. Yeah, I, I, eventually, he's going to break through. I mean, he's gotten many shots on goal. It's not like the effort isn't there. It's just the quickness, this and that, seems to be lacking. A lot of people hoping he's not the next Danny Heatley, that's for sure. But I don't think so. Um, you just never know. I mean, he's been, he's, he plays a certain brand of hockey, and it you know you, he gets hurt. He gets hurt because of it. He's very physical. He's not afraid of the puck, this type of thing. And see... Maybe eventually you start breaking down because of it. Um, he's only 32, though. Uh, I don't know. Some guys in hockey, they just die. It's not like Parisi uh, relied on speed, necessarily. He's more of an effort, quickness, and, and just overall skill type of guy. That's what Parisi is. And I will say he'll be more likely to score. I'm going to pick a 3-2 victory for the Minnesota Wild over the St. Louis Blues. That'll be that'll be great to see. Uh, regulation victory over the Blues at home. And that would be huge huge as the Wild would then be only two points behind the Blues for second place in the Central Division if that were to take place. It's, here's hoping it does. Um, then we then we head to Florida, or excuse me, we stay at home. The Florida Panthers come to St. Paul, Minnesota. Excel Energy Center, Roberto Luongo, Yaromir Yager, lots of familiar names here. Yaromir Yager still, still playing a good, solid brand of hockey. He hasn't missed a game yet this year. 28 games on the year. 14 points. Not amazing numbers, but still strong. I mean, for a guy who's 44 years old, man, I mean, he's, he's still got it. Uh, <laughs> not spectacular, but again, he's still got it. Jonathan Marcellalt is leading the way with 19 points, and you have Alexander Parkov, Vincent Trocek, and then Yaromir Yager. Yaromir Yager, also along the way. Aaron Ekbal, Blad, uh, a name people know as well. Um, a winnable game. The Wild have had a lot of success against this Florida team. Uh, years ago, it seemed like, uh, uh, I mean, a couple of years back, when Florida was bad, the Wild would have some strange losses to them. It was just weird. Like, you'd lose like 5-1 to one or something, or 3-1. to one. It was like, what the hell happened there? And that was during the Mike Yo era. I feel confident in this game, believe it or not. I'm actually looking at a possible, like, five-game winning streak. It, am I crazy? I might be. Um, I, I think the Wild win this game. I think the Wild are better than Florida right now. Uh, Florida's not been that good, obviously. Roberto Luongo, well, 
he hasn't gotten a single shutout this year, but he's been consistent. 2.25 goals against average. Save percentage is really high. That's the one thing. It'll probably be really low scoring. Like one nothing, 2-1 in favor of the Wild. Possibly going to a shootout or overtime. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say the Wild win in overtime against Florida. Most likely guy to score in that one. Halla. I'll go with the Eric Halla. I, I, I got a feeling with, uh, that there'll be an Eric Halla goal in a game like that. Kind of like a breakaway type of play. Maybe even Zucker. I, I don't know. But Zucker will probably be a factor in something, in something here. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. Um, two to one overtime victory. I think maybe Zucker will score the game winner or Koivu will from Zucker. I mean, I don't know. It's not like you can count on Zucker keeping a point streak going necessarily as well as he's played. Um, the Wilds are going to have a hell of a time when the when it's uh, when it's Vegas Golden Knights uh, expansion time. Who, the, who they want to leave available. I mean, there was a time the Wild might have left Brodeen available. I don't know, man. That might be the worst thing ever. I think Dumba's going to be available, though. I, I think he is, unfortunately. Um, that would be that would be a loss, but then Christian Foline, then, then that opens a spot for Gustav Olsson. Unless, of course, the Vegas Knights take Gustav Olsson somehow. Um, I'm not sure, uh, depending on the rules there, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, Florida doesn't score that much, and I, I like the Wilds' chances against this club. They're, they're a defensive team and all that. They're definitely a grinded-out type of team. And R- Roberto Luongo, again, he's, you know, he's like a rich man's Darcy Kemper, you know? he When he's good, he's great, and when he's bad, he sucks, that type of thing. Um, for Florida's sake, I don't think they want James Reimer in there, but then again, they got to play him sometimes. Who knows? <laughs> three goals against, three and four on the season. Definitely a big drop-off from Roberto Luongo who's got to be getting up there in years by now. Man, he's been in the league a long time. But then again, we've seen 40-year-old goalies play, so <laughs> quite a few of them over the years. Um, Wild will win 2-1 to one with with an extra period needed, unfortunately, but um, the Wild will win the game. Now we head to Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday. No, Thursday. Pardon me, Thursday, December the 15th. This will be the final game we'll preview because I'll probably record. I've, I've been making a habit of recording on Saturdays. Uh, so I won't preview the Arizona game. I'm looking forward to that for the Wilds case. But then again, Arizona's going to be a trap game there. Man, things are going to get really tough ever. Wow. As we wrap up December. Hmm. But uh, I, I don't sense a December swoon. Let's just hope there isn't a January swoon like last year. <laughs> Florida's really been sucking lately. Four-game losing streak there. Nashville, Tennessee, another team that has been, again, breathing down the Wild's back. They're at 28 points on the season, three points behind the Wild. Boy, I, I hope the Wild can win this game, but I don't know. This is one of those kind of, this is one of those weird ones. Who knows, maybe we lose at home and beat Nashville, but if I have to pick a loss, I'm more likely to pick this one. Again, you'd probably think St. Louis, but because they're the better team, but I, I just have a good feeling about that one for some reason. I think the Wild will beat St. Louis, and I think we owe St. Louis one, too, big time, for how things have gone so far this year with them. We definitely owe them, big time. Um, Mike Ribeiro leading the way in scoring, the former Dallas star and such. He, he's been on Montreal and others. Uh, there's a guy, there's a guy we always wanted to trade for, P.K. Soufan. This is our first look at him with Nashville. We'll be playing Montreal in a little bit. Uh, like I believe it'll be the week after or so, maybe two weeks after as we get later in December Philip Forsberg again, one of the, one of those guys, he definitely doesn't score goals that much, but he certainly, certainly racks up the assists, he's like the Mikhail Granlund of the <laughs> of the National Predators uh, the Wild have had nice success against Pecorine in the past, they, they they struggled against him in the in the early days, and then all of a sudden it just got really rough for Rene He's another guy who can be so good, but then all of a sudden he'll give up four or five goals, and it's like, really? 
He's, he's one of the best goalies in the league, right? But then, boom, down things go. Uh, he's 11-6 and six on the year, 2.38 goals against average. I guess that's Piccarini right now. That's pretty much what he is. Like, good, but not great. One shutout on the year, great save percentage. So, or save, yeah, save percentage. He's faced a lot of shots over the season. Um, if I were to pick a loss, though, I think it's going to be this one. I think I have to pick it. Uh, I, I think Nashville will be ready for the Wild, unfortunately. I think... Uh, this is just kind of where a win streak ends. Like, say, if the Wild were on a five-game win streak at this point, this is where it would end. Is it would be in Nashville, Tennessee, and then of course the Wild hopefully would pick things up and beat Arizona the the, the, the two days later on Saturday, the seventeenth. But um, I'm going to go with the loss in this one. Unfortunately, three to two regulation loss to the Nashville Predators. Most likely guy to score for the Wild in this one. I'm going to go with going to go with uh, Nino Niederreiter. Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle for this game. Charlie Coyle will be the most likely guy to score against the National Predators. Now, I'm, I'm just kind of... Usually, it's just kind of a fun thing when I say this. It's not like, oh, a big prediction, and I'm also not trying to be cute or anything, because it's just why I try to be cute. It's, it's, it's a hockey show. There's nothing cute about hockey. It's, it's tough. It's fun. It's energetic, and it's... Uh, well... It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> How can you not love it? Especially when it's so nice and cold out right now. I love this weather. And for those of you that don't like this weather, screw you. If you want 35 and, and foggy and mist, oh, come on. I'll take 20, no, 20. I'll take 10 and and flurries or maybe even a little bit of fluffy snow any day over that. So that's just me. I mean, that that's part of me being a hockey fan too. I mean, I love it actually like real cold, like legitimate cold out there. It doesn't have to be 20 below and, and windy. That's getting a little harsh there. And a little harsh there. We're not at Hudson Bay there, you know. So <laughs> oh, I'm kind of going off. I'm sorry, going off into La La Land. But if a winning streak were to end, it would be in Nashville. You know, if the Wild were to get a nice big winning streak, it would probably end in a Nashville game. A 3-2 to two regulation loss. But again, Coyle will be the more likely guy to score in that one. So the Wild will go 2-1 two to two and one again, in my opinion. I don't know about 3-0. and oh. That's kind of too good to be true, I think. Let's check up on the on the uh, prospects out there. Let's do the Dmitry Sokolov watch. Dmitry Sokolov, Dmitry Sokolov watch. He's on the Sudbury Wolves, as mentioned in the past. Seventh-round pick by the Wild in 2016, 196th overall. A guy who had the talent to go in the first round of the NHL draft. Ended up slipping because of people thought his work ethic was not good. It's looking good in Sudbury. He's already got 19 goals in only 26 games, 25 points, so six assists added to that in a 26-game stretch for the Sudbury Wolves. He has just been unbelievable, and they've called him the prospect of the week on Wild.com. At least they did last week, if I remember correctly. So very, very cool with that. Um, in 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 Iowa, you know, it's just been shutoutville, but. Uh, Alex Daylock, the Wild a couple days ago, the, or the, the Iowa Wild, that is, did not have the best game. Gave up three, four goals, three goals it was. And then the Wild was one nothing last night. The Iowa Wild, I keep calling him that, but it's the same thing. Uh, you got to see McCulloch back in the net again. That's good. So good for him. Uh, only gave up one goal, so definitely improving his numbers for the Iowa Wild. Really, the best the best player this past week is not a name that uh, has you've seen as much. Now, Steve McCulloch is the goal. Like, goals against average dropping down to just above three. Adam Gilmore has been leading the way for Iowa this week as the scoring has gone way down. I mean, way down. Uh, Adam Gilmore racking up a couple points this week. He only has eight points in the season. 
But remember, he only had like six points <laughs> up until last week. So you saw guys like Adam Gilmore, Sam and Nas finally adding a couple points. So good for them. It's about time you didn't see the big names like Polkanen, Tuck. None of them. None of them had a point this week. Gustav Olsen. Mike Riley did add an assist during this week, and that's to be expected. He's got to be... That, that is an awesome... That is an awesome defensive pairing. Gustav Olsen, Mike Riley down in Iowa. Awesome. Um, both of them, I got to think, are NHL, legitimate NHL players very soon. Um, that's another reason where maybe Matt Dumba is left available. Mike Mike Riley, boom, there you go. Mike Riley, Gustav Olsen also could take over at, at some point, uh, somewhere. <laughs> they could figure out a way to get Gustav Olsen up here at some point. <laughs> and of course, injuries happen. You know, uh, certain guys leave. Certain guys are going to, I mean, guys leave. They maybe, And of course, there's the Vegas situation. Like I mentioned 55 times, and you might make a trade. You have two guys down there in Iowa that probably could, would, could, should be up here at the NHL level. Um, it was a combination, though, that didn't work. That's the problem with Brodine. Uh, yeah, with Brodine. Um, it just wasn't the right combination, putting Brodine on the right side. So they had to go that way. Um, it's, it's just one of those things. So they had to change that up, unfortunately. It's, and it's not been working well with Matt Dumba either because Matt Dumba makes a lot of mistakes. He doesn't really keep Brodine comfortable, and you don't see Brodine scoring at all anymore because of that. But at least Dumba's scoring a little bit. Good good for him, I suppose. <laughs> it's not the best combination, though. <sighs> so let's look around a little more. Let's check up on Luke Coonan of the University of Wisconsin. 11 goals. Boy, he's the Sokolov of Wisconsin right now. 11 goals in only 15 games for the University of Wisconsin, the Badgers. Luke Coonan, 16 points. He's only a sophomore for the Wisconsin Badgers so far this year. There, That is a legitimate goal scorer. Very exciting to see him really doing a good job there at the college ranks. Nice pick, of course. I I believe that was one of the better picks for the Wild of late. I got yeah, Jordan Greenway also, man. This guy, hmm. He was up to a good start to the season. He's still well now. He's he's equal with his games played and points. So that that's that's perfectly fine. Six goals, eight assists. He hasn't scored since, but he's at least but he's added a couple assists the past few weeks. Um, Boston University, of course, still probably playing this weekend. So I can't really uh, those stats not getting added yet, unfortunately. But it is what it is. Um, and of course, this is the quiet time of year as we head into the Christmas season. College hockey tends to shut down a bit and then really pick up again in January. So it's a little bit tougher to, to keep up with college right now. The good thing the Gophers were able to beat Michigan State. That's just, whew. Um, <laughs> it's a tough situation if you can't beat Michigan State. Man. Um, so there it is. Uh, oh, yeah, Nick Sealer added an assist. He, he had his first goal of the season finally for Iowa. I forgot to mention that last week. He added his first goal. Now he had an assist as well. So good for Nick Sealer finally getting a couple points along the way. It looks like they took the goal away. What the hell? So it's still down to one assist. Whatever. That's dumb. <laughs> it is what it is, though. Sometimes things change. Things change, man. Yep. Um, really happy with the fourth line, though. Curtis Gabriel, Grayavac, and Chris Stewart. That's good. It's good to have a nice, solid foundation there. Because the rest of the lines, you know, I'm not really unhappy with this team. It's just too bad you don't have an elite scorer on the roster, but you maybe have one in the prospects coming up one of these days. Um, Alex Tuck pretty much fits in with the like Nino Niederreiter crowd. That's about what he is. I think kind of a big, a big guy who's decent. He's good, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be a star. I I don't know. Uh, Lucia, maybe he'll be another Halla type. I don't know. Physical, a little bit of speed here and there, but obviously much larger, that type. I, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see with that. 
I'm kind of making weird uh, comparisons here that you're probably like rolling your eyes at, so I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> um, would like to get more interaction out there, though. I mean, I on, on Twitter, it's at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Facebook, I know you guys are out there because you've posted in the past. It seems like it's gotten real quiet. There's lots of you out there. The Brent Jacobson, Daniel Allen, Sebastian Balls, or Sebastian Barton now on there. <laughs> um, so uh, Chance Caustic, other guys out there. There's lots of people that have posted on this page that uh, in the past got to see some more. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Would really like to have your involvement on this show. Would be appreciated in a big way. Um, there's a phone line, of course, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. Leave your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. That would be great. There are, of course, multiple ways to get through there. Of course, there's the call now button on the Facebook page. Very simple. Just click call now and it calls right in through Facebook Messenger to TSS, to, to the sportsstuff.com to hold the same exact line, same situation. And of course, there's the audio submission route. Um, the call now button works for international, but so does the, the, the uh, audio submission route. You can use the, the uh, free, audio, uh, free audio recorder on your smart device. Treat it the same way as you treat a phone call. Record it for a minute, two minutes, whatever it is, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Greatly appreciated in advance. Thank you very much. Please do write a positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. Please do. I'll give you a nice shout-out on the show. Not that the shout-out's going to be the biggest thing in the history of your life. It's not the highlight of your week or anything. But, you know, hey, it's just nice. You know, I'm happy to acknowledge you in my own way. You know, I want to thank you very much. Uh, and, and, and you, at minimum, deserve recognition for it. So thanks in advance for that as well. Uh, it would be iTunes or Stitcher, whatever one you're able to do would be massively appreciated. Thank you again for your loyalty to the show. Please do tell your friends about it here on iTunes, Stitcher, Double Twist, anything. Double Twist is an Android application. Stitcher works on Android and Apple. And, of course, iTunes is Apple. Brave the Wild is available on all the above. want to thank you so much again for listening and telling your friends. Also, if you could, we'll be back next week with hopefully more winning hockey for your Minnesota Wild.